0: So instead of, you know, begrudgingly being upset, you gotta pay the taxes and take it out for money you don't need. Now you look forward to that because it's creating memories that you could spend this time. And especially as the kids get older and the grandkids get older and eventually the great grandkids get older, it's harder to get everybody together. But if you've got some whiz bang special high class event, you know that you're that you're flying them in for, and it's a family tradition. I mean, that's you know in my eyes, that's the big travel plans that I love seeing clients do.
1: There are many factors that contribute to success: skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome into podcast number 82 here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart and myself. We're going to talk about what kind of retirement are you living or maybe working towards. And that's going to be the bulk of our podcast this week, but we've got some other things we'll get into in just a moment. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the show if you enjoy the content and like to receive new episodes as they come out. Retirement Success Blueprint on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartStitcher, all that good stuff. Mike, what's going on, buddy? Welcome into late August. How you doing? Good and hot?
0: Mark, I am doing very well. Of course, it is hot in August, but being in Chicago, it far beats January. (laughs) That's a fair point. (laughs)
1: That's absolutely a fair point. Well, good. I'm glad you're doing well and looking forward to our topic this week. Uh, Let's talk real quick about job openings before we get into the main one. Uh, We've seen it surging over the last couple of months as people are getting more back. Now, of course, we're starting to see maybe some other things happening with Delta variant and whatnot, but companies are still struggling to fill positions and there's still some back order on a lot of things. I just went not too long ago to look for a stove for my mom and it was like a six-week delay on a stove, and so on and so forth. Do you think we're still moving forward, or do you think we're still are we slowing down, speeding up? What's your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think we're still moving forward. You know, we're still gradually filling those. You know, a lot of those jobs getting filled, or at least vacant. You know, trying to get filled right now are in the hospitality space. You know, the industries that were the most impacted by mm-hmm, kind right. of the shutdown. And and a large part of that is you know there's you know political, depending on which side of the fence you're on, talk about well, it's because everybody's getting all this extra unemployment, and that may have been true a year ago, but once they they kind of got rid of that 600 extra, you know, stimulus on there. Some states even started phasing it out. That's usually not the reason as much anymore. A lot of the reason is, let's say, if you were a server at, you know, at a restaurant, or you worked at a hotel or something like that, and then all of a sudden your job went away for six months, nine months, a year plus. Yes, it was nice that you had that bridge of unemployment, but at the same time, what happened is you probably started looking for something else. You know, so you either upgraded your skills and now you're doing something else or you moved away from the area. So those same individuals that used to fill those jobs just aren't available anymore. And what that's leading to is, you know, we've seen the headline numbers on inflation. So the Fed's calling it transitory, means, you know, temporary. And we tend to agree with them maybe for the next 12-18 months until the supply chains get back and, you know, jobs get filled and things. But what that's causing is wage inflation. You know, when you see McDonald's as an example, saying at least in the Chicago area, hey, we'll pay $15 an hour and we'll give you a hiring bonus just to come in, you know that things are a little rough in the job opening market. So, you know, another thing that you, you know, just as a consumer, you got to contend with because they're filling positions with maybe not the ideal candidates, especially in some of these service areas, um, just be patient, you know, that, you know, maybe your service expectations should be down a little bit and just be understanding of kind of, you know, that This is a slow train moving, you know, getting out of the station here and eventually everything will kind of get back to normal.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Well, you know that's that's kind of the goal, right? Getting everybody back to work, doing those things, because when you're working, uh, you're working towards you know eventual retirement. And so, what kind of retirement are you going to be living for, or are you working towards? That's our main topic this week. Mike says everybody's got a different goal, right, or a reason, or something that they'd like to accomplish. At least we hope they do anyway. In retirement, and there's various motivations for folks. So I've got four or five here we can go through. Uh, maybe you can just share a story, or you know, just a comment, or whatever you'd like on on some of these. But let's start with number one, which is for most people. It's probably going to be spending more time with family. I think we've seen a push over the last, well, really number of years, number of years, really, to people say instead of maybe necessarily leaving a legacy, maybe they want to actually spend more of that money with the family while they're still alive, right? Doing things, a second home, a summer home, uh, or maybe just traveling to see them, whatever the case might be. What are you seeing there?
0: Uh, yeah i think spending time with family you know be it both you know their adult kids you know grandkids if they're out there uh you know even even distant family and that especially coming off of you know 2020 when you didn't even have that opportunity i think what a lot of people have realized is that your greatest asset isn't money you know and and, and when individuals get 60s and 70s they start getting this you know a lot of the youngers you younger ones and even us when we were younger didn't get it but your greatest asset is time right so if you retire and you say okay i've got another 20 30 years ahead of me you know not just for retirement, but really for life, then your perspective changes a little bit. And I'll tell you a little bit in our practice. So I've been a fiduciary financial planner for over 20 years. And in the first 10 years, when we would talk to individuals about their money, They would say, Oh, you know, I I want to, I, I don't want to spend any of the principal, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of pinch pennies a little bit because what I really want to do is make sure I leave it for the kids. And then in the last 10 years, so coming off of two bear markets, you know, in 2000 to 2002, 2007 to 2009, you know, two big crashes, the last 10 years that that's changed a little bit. And it says, you know what, I want to use this money now, not only for my lifestyle, but I want my kids and my grandkids to help enjoy it as long as it, once again, doesn't impact your lifestyle and retirement. I want to see them enjoy it. I don't want to just wind up leaving them a bucket of money at some point because if you think about if your client if our client lives to ninety their kids are you know are about seventy years old already so how much are they really going to enjoy that money they would rather see them use it you know in the years in which not only they can see it but the, but their kids and grandkids could actually use it the most
1: yeah definitely uh, and maybe so you know if you're wanting to take some of this money that you've been building up maybe you want to spend time with family maybe you want to buy some stuff that's number two nothing wrong with that right I mean it might you know somebody might say, oh, that sounds shallow. But why? I mean, you've worked towards it. Do what you want with it. We saw a huge push in um, recreational vehicles in this past year or so. Uh, Maybe you want that. My brother, for example, Mike, he used to have a 67 Chevelle. Uh, when he was in high school and now that he's retired, he's really would like to get another 67 Chevelle just to kind of have, but they're not cheap, you know, so you got to plan for these things.
0: No, that's, that's right. And we talked about it in the last episode that, you know, for 35, 45 years, individuals had been savers, you know, that's why they could retire. And now they've got to flip a switch, not only, you know, if they want to get some big stuff but also just how they're going to get a paycheck in retirement, you know, from their assets. So one thing that we work with clients on, you know, it's kind of like a dream board, if you will, is on one side, you say, okay, let's solve your retirement income. How much income do you need now? And let's kind of make sure it's a rising income to keep up with inflation after that. And then with the other dollars, we don't need for that. Then what else would we like to do? Do we just want to position it for growth and we're more comfortable with risk since we don't need it, you know, in the next three, five, 10 years for income or Do we want to use this or maybe some of the things that you've always wanted, whether it was that RV, whether it's that muscle car, whether it's a second home in Florida or wherever it might be. You know what? Spoil yourself a little bit as long as it's not going to negatively impact your income in retirement, you know, and put you in dire straits. Then this is what you sacrifice for. You know, this is what you saved for. So enjoy it as long as it doesn't disrupt your overall financial retirement plan.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mike, I was talking with an advisor a couple of, I don't know, maybe about a week or so ago, and he was telling me about a story about some clients that really had huge travel plans uh, that they didn't get to accomplish before COVID happened, but they still have them. They're still on the radar. And, you know, maybe that's something that you've been looking forward to doing, and maybe you got a chance to do some of that prior to COVID, and hopefully you're going to be able to do that again uh, pretty soon but i mean this was massive and like he was talking like a hundred thousand dollars to take the entire family around the world and i just it kind of blew my mind but you know there's a lot of people who do want to have really big grandiose travel plans
0: yeah i hope he's one of my cousins because i would like that invitation you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> if he'd dropping 100k in travel plans I'm, I'm all aboard you know uh yeah but you're, you're right i um, mean we, we've seen that and then that goes back to the buying stuff and spending more time with family one of the greatest things i love to do and it and many times it happens with you know, clients, if they retire in their 60s, you know, you know they're a little more mindful of what they're spending. They're still traveling and spending time to see the kids and the grandkids and volunteering, and doing those things. But what's funny is when we start getting closer to required minimum distribution age, around 72. So most clients that still have their retirement assets. They still got their IRAs. They still have most of the money that they retired with at that time, if not even more. Then all of a sudden, you know, now they're mad because they're like, oh, the government's going to force me to take out 4% of this. So if they got a million bucks. They got to take out 40 grand to pay taxes on it. And then so when, what I'll say is, assuming they don't need it, you know, to pay their bills. One of the things I'll say is think about what you could do with that. So that 40000 you pay the taxes on it, you net out, say, 30, $32,000 dollars. You know, how would you, you know, when you talk about legacy, we talk about estate planning and those things. What about if, you know, every summer you just rented a place, you know, could it be the same place, different place, just a couple houses, you know, some giant mansion or something like that, and just had all the kids and all the grandkids and you flew everybody in there and that just became kind of your annual thing. And that's what you used your RMD for. So instead of, you know, begrudgingly being upset, you got to pay the taxes and take it out for money you don't need. Now you look forward to that because it's creating memories that you get to spend this time and especially as the kids get older and the grandkids get older and eventually the great grandkids get older it's harder to get everybody together but if you've got some whiz bang special high class event you know that you're that you're flying them in for and it's a family tradition i mean that's you know in my eyes that's the big travel plans that you know i love seeing clients do
1: yeah that's awesome that's a great idea you know and i thought about that large number and i was like well you know i guess if you're taking 10 people you know around the world it does get pretty costly so 100 does doesn't seems so out of bounds, you know, it can, you can go through it pretty quick. So that this is, is that is for very sure. So, all right. So that's three. I uh, know, you know, and again, maybe you're not just one of these categories, folks, maybe you fall into multiple categories here. Uh, and the last two here, maybe you know, maybe these are on your radar, maybe they're not, and that's okay as well. But what if you do want to help instead of uh, maybe leaving some money to the grandkids or whatever the case, Mike? Maybe you want to set them up for college. Or I was talking with a gentleman who said he's setting up an account and that allows them to, if they want to use it for college, trade school, or even starting a business. But each of his grandkids gets a certain amount to do something with, because maybe college isn't for everybody.
0: No, and I think that's a great idea, too. It's We see it in our practice as well, is that, you know, once the, because many times the kids of our clients, you know, our clients have, you know, put their kids through college, you know, many of them relatively debt-free or completely debt-free. The parents, you know, paid for it or, or you know, or, or helped pay for it. And then all of a sudden now they're like, my kids are doing better than we are. You know, they're making more money than I ever did. So then the focus then goes on to the other faces in the wallet, which are the grandkids, and they say, okay, you know, our grandkids now are in their teens or early twenties. How can we help them out? We help them out with the down payment, you know, on their first home. Can we help them out with college just because of you know the crazy cost of college now? And that's a big emphasis too. And on, on the flip side, others will go out there even on the charitable side. You know, they'll go out there and say, you know what, I'm gonna start setting aside this bucket of money and you know, we'll have tax conversations with them on the best way to structure it. But you know, if they're not helping the grandkids with colleges or houses or something or helping their own kids, then they may want to go out and say, okay, let's put something together, let's create an endowment or let's do something that where these dollars can actually impact society and the things that I care about. And they'll even fund different charities and things. So yeah, so there's a lot of options. And that's why I think this is a great topic, because as you said before, whether it's spending time with family, you know, buying those big purchases that you've held off or traveling or just helping the the grandkids or charities, the reality is that that's what you saved for, you know, and now you that can be your legacy.
1: Yeah, that, I was actually going to ask you about charities, but you covered that when that was going to be on my list as well. Whether you want to leave something to your church or, uh, you know, funding a charity of whatever type, you know, lots of different things, right? Some people who don't have children want to do those things. Some people that you know have children want to do those things. So all of these options are about really just using uh, the retirement for you know yourself and the things that you want to do and whatever your goals are to do it. So what retirement are you living for? Hopefully the one that you've had in mind for a while now. And if you haven't gotten those plans in place or understanding how that's going to be able to make that stuff happen, then make sure you're talking with a a professional, a financial professional like Mike. He's been doing this for two plus decades uh, at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Stop by the website, crystallaketax.com. Drop us an email email if you'd like, again, at crystallaketax.com. And that's how we're going to wrap up the show this week, as we usually do. We've got, uh, what do we got here? We got Rick in Barrington. And he says, Mike, our house is a lot bigger than what we need now. So we are considering downsizing and probably should, but it is the place that we raise the family. So I'm pretty emotionally attached to it. Is it foolish to keep it when we could live someplace cheaper? Well, Mike, as you and I were talking before, uh, it may not be cheaper right now. The housing prices are so high, you know?
0: That's true. Yeah. You go, you go to sell right now, you will get a great price for your house, but then you'll just overpay for the next one too. So it's all relative in in that regard. Uh, Yeah, Rick and Barrington, it really comes down, and this is something normal, especially for individuals when the kids are gone and, you know, and and now the work's going to be gone too, and you're going to retire, all of a sudden you're thinking, should we downsize? Should we not? So independent of what's going on in the real estate market. And really it comes down to kind of two different conversations on the financial planning side, Rick. One is cash flow right? So, you know, here in Illinois, you get the third highest property taxes in the country. It averages about three, three and a half percent of the value of your house. You know, so it's not uncommon for somebody out here in the suburbs to be paying fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a year in property taxes. Uh, you know, so just moving to a place to cut that in half gives you a $1,000 a month raise, you know, to, even for the same price of a house, just from a property tax decrease. So one is on your retirement budget. Cash flow wise, do you need to downsize? You know, because once if the paycheck is coming away and we come then, you know, what do we need to do that way? So that's kind of a math one. But then there's a qualitative one, too, which is it's about aging in place. Right. You know, do you need a ranch instead of, you know, the two story or the three story with the walkout basement just as you age? If it's you, someplace you want to keep, you know, do you have a big yard? What's the upkeep on that over time going to wind up being? And other things like where are the kids and grandkids? A lot of people want to, you know, move a little bit closer to them as well. So those are some kind of more qualitative things. You know, the cash flow side of it, and can we afford it in retirement? That's the quantitative. Then we got the qualitative of, you know, what do we want our lifestyle in retirement to be, as well as, you know, where's where's the other family? But at the end of the day, It really comes down to cash flow. Can you afford it? And I know there's an emotional attachment to it, but more importantly, is that where you want the next part of your life to be? Yeah. Uh, You know, or are you looking for something different? So there's no wrong answer. You just want to understand both the quantitative and qualitative aspects of that. And, Rick would be happy to help you with those.
1: That's a great point, Mike. I was thinking the same thing as you were starting to go through that. And I thought, well, you know, as we age too, sometimes we just can't get up and down the stairs anymore or whatever the case might be. So multiple aspects to uh, consider, not just the emotional component uh, or just the uh, the financial. So great points. Good conversation as always here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Mike Stewart. Uh, if you have some questions or concerns of your own, please, again, check with a qualified professional before you take any action on something here on our show or any other podcast uh, of a financial nature or radio show. Reach out to Mike at 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. Hit that subscribe button on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, or whatever platform you like to use for your podcasting needs. You can find it on uh, any of the sites there or you can just find all of it in one central location at CrystalLakeTax.com. That's CrystalLakeTax.com. Dot com. Mike, thanks for hanging out with me as always. Uh, we'll talk after Labor Day, and I hope that you have a fantastic one.
0: Mark, you as well, and it will be football season the next time we talk, so I am even
1: getting more excited. There you go. We'll see you after Labor Day, folks. Have yourself a great one. We'll talk to you soon here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart from Crystal Lake Tax and Financial.
0: Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities.